is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by a one. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. Today, we're going to be continuing our series focusing on child discipleship outside the borders of the United States. Today's episode is a conversation with Stephen Maposa. Stephen is a global vice president for Awana serving in Africa. And I want you to pay particular attention to how Stephen's story probably sounds a lot like your story. We talk all the time on this podcast about how kids are the same everywhere, how child discipleship is the same everywhere. But today you're also going to hear a great example about how all of us invested in the future of the faith are having similar struggles and triumphs, regardless of where we are in the world. Stephen starts the conversation focused on what the initial days of the coronavirus looked like in Africa and how quickly he and his team had to change the focus of this crisis to child discipleship. You can learn more about Stephen and his ministry in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you for being here. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. The initial stage, we, we just didn't think about it as something that is very serious because we, we didn't know anything about all the things that came along with uh, coronavirus. However, when government started talking about, oh, there is going to be a lockdown, there is going to be uh, people confined to their homes, and we didn't even understand what 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 is lockdown. What what all those terms were really strange sure. uh, to all of us. And, and eventually, we started the seeing country by country going into a complete lockdown and the, that everybody was not supposed to move. People were supposed to stay at home. You know, in the initial stage, we said, oh, it's cool. We are going to have more time with children and the family. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Then, we realize, oh no, this is a, a real game changer to some people. And you realize that you are like somebody who is thrown into a deep sea. Mm. Yeah. And now you are trying to swim around and you're saying, how where where am I going? Yeah. And you are you are just hitting all over the place and you're trying to swim, but you don't even know where you are going. Yeah. So, 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 so really, yeah. So, so, so until it dawned on me to say, oh, something has changed dramatically in your life and you have to learn to do things in a new way. And we started understanding going on Zoom and doing conferences. Oh, we start learning new ways of bringing your team together and start getting things going again. And at this point in time, you are like, you are thrown into a big boat in the middle <laughs> of the ocean and you are now beginning to, to find your way, but, uh, but still the waters are all over you and, yeah. and what is just a small island inside the water? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I so appreciate that metaphor. And I'm, I, I wanted to start there because I think it's important for folks to understand the experience you just described echoes my experience. It echoes the people who listen to this podcast's experience that this moment where you have that, what am I doing? Where am I going? How can I swim in this ocean? To sort of beginning to focus on the work needs to continue. Child discipleship needs to continue. It is that important. How are we going to do it? Uh, that experience is, you know, happened in Zimbabwe. It happened in uh, Cedar Rapids. It happened in everywhere in between for folks like you who are advocates for kids who care deeply about the future of the faith. I'm curious for you personally, was, was this passion for child discipleship something that God always gave you? When did you realize that you wanted to be focused on investing in the future of the faith? Well, basically, I mean, we, we've always been thinking about how do we climb the next challenge in as far as discipling kids is concerned. Uh, even way before COVID, uh, it has always been, how do we maximize the limited resources and impact more children with the gospel in spite of the challenges that we are facing? And, 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 and worse still, when you get into this situation now, where you realize that millions of children are still hanging in the balance mm. because uh, you are going through this challenge of COVID and, 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 and you start thinking, so what? What do we do? How do we minister to these kids? And, and it is at that particular time that, uh, you know, you start finding your way and, and, and through the Zoom, through the WhatsApp, uh, we have established conference calls and the Zoom meetings and, and started sharing with my team and put missionaries together on Zoom work on their computers and on their situations so that everybody is compatible now. And then eventually we realize, oh, we are already beginning to train these people into how to impact their teams so that they can meet the needs of the uh, churches out there who are also uh, trying to swim in their own uh, little corners and find ways of how do we minister to our children? How do we minister to our people? And, 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 and lo and behold, we, we realize that uh, God is opening up a new uh, group of leaders, which is called the parents, who hmm. are now getting in touch with us and uh, asking, how do I minister to my children at home? A new uh, dim dimension where, where we, we started realizing, yeah, we are actually becoming even much busier than we were even before COVID. <laughs> that is lovely to hear. And I, I so appreciate the ways in which through a crisis, um, we can wind up in a position that is probably more aligned with God's ultimate heart, right? Where someone like you who works in ministry is working closely alongside leaders and parents of kids to in to have that sort of full picture investment in child discipleship. We know the difference that one loving, caring adult can make in the life of a child. And by doing this work, you are providing multiple people who are invested in their faith. And we know the difference that that can make in the future of the life of a, of a child. What is the state of child discipleship 
in your region of the world. Now that it's the whole family, now that it's you as a leader, now that it's the local leaders and missionaries, do you feel hopeful about the future of the church? There is always a way in which God calls us to make adjustments and make improvements in the way that we do child discipleship. Uh, right from the way to go, we have always been very much focused uh, to want to see a long-term impact in the lives of boys and girls uh, through very active, loving, caring leaders who can impact kids and also churches that can catch the vision to impact parents. Uh, we, 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 we have always believed very strongly that uh, if the church does a good job of raising parents who can disciple their kids at home, it is a plus in the sense that these people will invest heavily in uh, discipling their own children. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the absence of the parents, the, the volunteer, the, the, the Awana leader, those people that are coming to church to be with the kids, they must just provide that window of opportunity to allow these kids to have an experience of a lifetime so that when they go back, they are really impacted and they can actually try to share with their parents their experiences so that they can strike a conversation that allows them to to, to impact the parents for Jesus Christ. So I would say that uh, because of COVID, we have seen a greater participation uh, from parents because we, we have been uh, directly now in touch with parents calling on us and some of them training them on Zoom, helping them to understand what it is to disciple children at home. and. Uh, there's never been such a time that parents were pushed to see the greater need for them to be part of child discipleship. And, 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 and because of that, we really have hope um, in the future that the, out of uh, all this that is happening, the church is going to emerge very strong because we've raised another army of parents who are now passionate about discipling their own children in the absence of the, the, the volunteer, the leader who has always been willing to do what the parents were not seeing as their primary responsibility. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Let's talk about moms. We know the impact a mom can make in her home, community, and the kingdom of God. We know that when a mom encounters Jesus, it's exponential discipleship because her family does as well. And for nearly 50 years, Mops International has used the common experience of motherhood to create opportunities for women and their families to encounter Jesus. They partner with churches and organizations like Awana worldwide to equip and encourage moms in more than 70 countries. Through their ministry, they remind women that they're not alone, that motherhood is significant, and that Jesus calls them beloved. In addition, they give them the tools they need so that moms can thrive and feel equipped to disciple the next generation in Christ's name. 
As MOPS approaches a half century of impact, they recognize that shifting cultural norms and a global pandemic are creating a pivotal moment of opportunity. Moms are more isolated and stressed than ever before. We all know that moms need community now more than ever. Whether you're a mom or you just know a mom, I want you to join MOPS. I want you to support the moms in your community. By serving or donating, you are offering hope and introducing moms to Jesus. Visit mops.org to learn more. Approximately how many kids are you serving in your area? What does your impact look like? We are, we are within the region of uh, two plus million uh, kids that we are impacting in the Africa region. And, uh, and, and these numbers were, were like, in fact, just before COVID, it was like turning into a wildfire because I mean, 7,000 schools had just opened for us to turn, which is 3.5 million kids that could be reached within one country. Wow. And, and, and eight countries were beginning to line up uh, for us to be able to impact many, many children. And, 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 and so we, 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 we are so inundated with, uh, with, with open doors that are way, way beyond uh, our imagination. And, and we had no clue how, how God would open such doors that are so big that uh, none of us could think in terms of resources, in terms of uh, even manpower could ever imagine. But, uh, but we, we, we realize that if God is so big, then there is no way that we can ever understand him fully. Yeah. And we just have to take a step of faith and, and allow God to just do his work and allow ourselves to walk in that trail that is so challenging, but it's so rewarding because you see how God is reaching so many kids in those schools and turning them around and schools beginning to, to say, hey, we want everyone else to think about using a one as a tool to bring discipline in the school because we are seeing a tremendous change in our schools because of one. So can you briefly, and this will be, this will be where I leave things with you. Can you tell, tell that story about the impact in schools? How did, so Awana came into a school, if I understand the story correctly, and those who are invested in the school began to see such a change in the children there that it began to expand to other schools. But I'm leaving out a lot of details. How did God make that happen? Well, basically, we, we, were, we were ministering in the, in, the, in the remote places, in the villages, and the, using the Awana program with churches. And, and some of the teachers that the, were Christians realized, wow, this program is such an amazing program to transform the lives of kids. And they went and spoke to their headmasters and, and, and then the headmasters invited us to come and introduce the program in their schools. And so event, eventually we started with 10 schools in that province. And, and within one year, 
it was like, it's not happening because most of these kids had gone wild, no discipline, no respect mm. for their uh, teachers. And their, and within one year, these schools were turned around and kids were now respecting their teachers. They were now working on their schoolwork and the, and the, and the things started changing and testimonies of kids uh, sharing about their faith started you know spreading in these schools and 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 then the headmaster says that's it that's all what we needed because now we can see a well-running disciplined school because of what Awana has done to change the lives of many boys and girls in our school and and really that is spread until it reaches the Minister of Education. And, and before we knew it, 7,000 schools were given to us to, to be able to introduce the Awana program within one country. And it's this done. is 3.5 million kids that we could reach with the gospel of Christ and impact a nation. You, you don't need the rocket science to understand how God can transform a nation when you have an opportunity to reach to boys and girls with the gospel of Christ and making such an impact in 10 schools. What about in 7,000 schools? It's, 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 it's going to be a huge uh, big game changer for, 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 for the Lord. Amen to that. All right. My actual last question for you, sir, is like we started this conversation, the majority of folks who listen to this are in the States. And I hope that they've been listening to this feeling inspired and connected to you because of the ways in which your experiences are very similar and also the ways in which God has just proven to be so faithful and so much bigger than any of us could ever understand. How can someone who's in the States play a part in what God is up to in Africa? How can those who are listening to this uh, be invested in your ministry? When God opens such a wide door, he is believing that all of his people around the world can be able to see and feel the agents that is there for us to reach the world with the gospel of Christ. Remember, the gospel of Christ is not about a village, it's not about a town, it's not about a city. It's going therefore into the whole world. It's a global vision. And that global vision really is a responsibility of all of us. And I've often said that uh, what happens in America has a great impact to me who is somewhere in the middle of Norway, in Zimbabwe, in Africa. And what happens in Africa has got a bearing in, in America. We are like, we are in a big ship. And in a big ship, if the ship starts uh, getting some holes that are bringing water into the ship from the other end of the ship, People on the other end of the ship must not think that is not our problem. It's Amen. all our problem because eventually that ship will be filled with water and that big ship will sink. And uh, my prayer for people is to understand that when you hear a story of this magnitude, 
you must understand it's a call upon you as an individual, number one, to pray uh, for Zimbabwe and for the open door to say, hey, there is a door that is opening in Zimbabwe, which is a lifetime opening door. And how can we pray uh, and, 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 and allow God to work in this uh, situation? And secondly, it is an issue of us to take action, to take action, one, by, by praying, two, by using the resources that God has given to us. Whatever little resource, whenever it is put to use for the kingdom of God, God has got a way of multiplying that resource in a unique way. So people should not always wait to think that, oh, that's a big project. I can't do anything. I don't want to just embarrass myself. There is no way you can ever embarrass yourself in participating in what God is doing. Whatever little that you put, like that little boy that, bring, that brought uh, his lunch to Jesus, he was able to feed the 5,000 or 10,000 people. So whatever is put in the hands of God will be multiplied. So I urge all the brothers and sisters who have got the passion to reach boys and girls with the gospel of Christ, that they can be in prayer and they can always be finding ways of wanting to know more about what God is doing and we are willing to share with them uh, this God story and, the, and so that they can be blessed through investing in this uh, dynamic uh, open door. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album, Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week.